The Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. Inspiration and innovation. We're talking everything you want to know about this medium that we love so much. And we're your hosts, John Middick and Barb Sodiropoulos. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. This is the Sharpened Artist Colored Pencil Podcast. And I am joined by my co-host, Barb Sodiropoulos. Barb, how are you today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Awesome. All right. So we have got a guest that we are interviewing today. Her name is Sarah Prentice, and I'm excited to talk to her today. Uh, I think that she's going to be able to share a, a wealth of knowledge, no matter where you are on your art journey. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys. And selfishly, I'm very excited because I've known Sarah for a while, but only through Instagram. So this is actually our first like kind of in-person meeting. So right, oh, right, it's nice to actually awesome. like have a conversation. I know, and chat yeah, a little like bit more actual, than just through Instagram. I know, so just a chat, a chat <laughs> conversation. Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that um, I'm like the the glue, the catalyst here. <laughs> bridging yeah. this together. Bridging the this is a reunion <laughs> of sorts, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So, Sarah, uh, we, we want to start off like we always do whenever we're talking to an artist and a fellow creator. And we want to talk about the origins. We want to talk about, you know, when you got started, how you got started. Have you always felt like you were an artist or is this something that, you know, you... Um, discovered later in life or tell us the backstory. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I started doing art when I was a kid and loved it. I mean, since I could, you know, pick up a pencil, Uh I was drawing, um, my favorite subject was horses. I drew horses all day, every day. It was like one of the only things I drew. And then, um, when I got a little bit older, more into my like tween years, I would say I started drawing a lot of Pictures of Will Smith, because I had a a crush on Will Smith. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't? Um, (laughs) Maybe not John. I don't really draw (laughs) Will anymore, but... (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not so much anymore. But anyways, those were my two favorite subjects, Will Smith and horses. (laughs) And then um, when I got sort of into my, like, teen years, early 20s, I I just, for whatever reason, I was more focused on other things, um... I'm a, I've, I've played soccer my entire life competitively, and that was kind of my first priority and love, you know, during those years. So I wasn't doing a lot of art. Um, and then, and then I started working, um, for Strathmore Artist Papers. And naturally, when you're surrounded by art materials and you're in the art industry, of course, I picked it up again. And, and yeah. I'm so glad I did. Um, cause it makes me wonder why I wasn't doing it for all those years in between but you know one of the nice things i always think about art is that like no matter where you are in your life it will always be there for you and you can there's no like age limit there's no any any sorts of limits with art you can pick it up you can do it again whenever you want like soccer is um like i said i was playing that competitively for so long and now it's just gone and done um but art will always be there (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess just to touch on Strathmore Paper, uh, how did you start working for them? Like, what was sort of the the I guess path to to getting to that um, to that job? 
Yeah. Um, well, so out of college, I, um, I graduated with a marketing and Spanish degree. Oh, and wow. um, my first job was, um, I was a Spanish translator, um, which was interesting, but not, not so much what I wanted to do long term. Um, it was a really good experience, but I knew I wanted to be doing something else, probably more related to marketing. And um, a position opened up at Strathmore um, in the marketing department, and um, I applied. They're local, which is super fortunate oh, and lucky for cool. me that yeah. <laughs> they're here in Wisconsin. So um, I got an interview, got the job, and here we are 10 years later. I've been there for 10 years now. Oh, wow. um, and yeah, I love I love what I do, and I love being able to do marketing for brands and products that I actually um, believe in, that I can be passionate about, that have such a passionate consumer base, and that makes all the difference in the world, oh, um, right. you know, and being able to do something that I enjoy. That is so awesome. Let, let me ask a little um, follow-up to that or, or just interject this idea. I also have a follow-up. <laughs> oh, good. So uh, one thing that I hear quite often from my students is they'll say something about different papers and then they'll 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 just say like this blanket little statement with uh the broad category of strathmore they'll say well i i switched from strathmore because i didn't i didn't like strathmore or or they'll say i love the strathmore paper or whatever and, and they act like that um you know it's nearly this this concept that there's one paper that Strathmore makes, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. And then, and then yeah. it opens up this conversation. We're like, okay, which Strathmore paper, you know, are you talking about? And uh, sure. and so we start talking about that. And then, in fact, the ones that say, oh, I don't like Strathmore, they're like, oh, I didn't realize there's all these other papers, other, you know? Right. And right. So do you encounter that? I mean, I, I don't know from a marketing perspective. Are you? ever encountering something like that where they're just not aware of just all the different offerings under this one brand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's one of the things that we try to focus on a lot is product and paper yeah, education right. to make sure that people understand there are a lot of options. It's not just, um, you know, and, and, it, and what a difference it will make in your art if you're using the right papers with the right materials. Right. Um, and we've got some, you know, examples, tutorials, blogs, all sorts of information to try to help people understand why, you know, don't use watercolor on drawing paper. It's not made for yeah, that. Right. And what a difference it'll make when you pick out the right paper to to match your medium. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and we have, I mean, so many different categories and grades right. of paper, sketch, drawing, Bristol, mixed media, watercolor, pastel, charcoal. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. So it's all about picking the right surface for your materials so that you're getting, you know, best possible. Yeah, absolutely. For your work. I don't, I don't know, you know, why that happens a lot of times, but, um, but I have right. noticed that, that, you know, they're comparing something that in their mind means Strathmore to them. Like, you know, there's, sure. There, there's so many different papers within the Strathmore line that um, we've got to qualify, you know, which it's like saying, hey, I don't like I don't like uh, Ford or I or I love Chevy or something like that. Like, which model? <laughs> which, which one are we talking <laughs> right, about? Exactly. So I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right. Barb, you had a follow up as well. Yeah, I did. Oh, I was just going to comment, too. What's funny about that to me, John, what you're saying is that that's actually one of the reasons I really like Strathmore is because mm -hmm. there are so many oh, different yeah. types of paper surfaces, like between the toned papers and all that. Like there's there's 
a plethora, if you will, there of is. like options. Yeah. So right. um, the question I was going to ask actually, and, and, you know, Canada is a, a bilingual country. And so, you know, even with my, you know, when I was doing a lot of stuff with graphic design, my graphic design job, I did a lot of stuff that was in French as well as English. And so I was curious, um, just in terms, because you said you had, um, a Spanish degree, like, have you ever had to use that within your job with Strathmore or do you find it's not something you really use much anymore? Um, I, it doesn't come up often, but I always appreciate when it does because I like to be able to practice and yeah. <laughs> still use the language. But, um, you know, every time, every now and then we'll get people writing in through our website with questions in Spanish. Um, so I'll help, you know, with the reply or translate, talk to that person. Um, when I've been at like trade shows, um, you know, we'll have customers and people coming from, you know, different areas of the world, oh, um, yeah. that are Spanish speakers. And so that's a nice opportunity to, to speak with some of those like retail, um, partners, um, in Spanish, but it doesn't happen often. I wish it happened more than it does. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So what has been your favorite part of working for Strathmore then? Is it? I mean, I, I guess, you know, it might be hard to narrow it down just to one thing, but um, I guess if you could narrow it down to one or two things, what would you say? Sure. I mean, obviously you've been there for, for a decade, so there, there's there's some rewarding parts yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, re- yeah, I love my job and it's, um, and thank goodness I do because it's, it's just an awesome industry to be in. So one of my favorite things is, first of all, I mean, the the, the products themselves, I, I mentioned before, like doing marketing for brands and companies where I actually believe in the products, it's like um, makes all the difference in the world. And we, you know, Strasmore has always prided themselves on quality and consistency. And um, and that's one of the things I, I just love. The, I love the products themselves. I love being in the art industry. Um, with my job, I work with artists like all the time, all day, every day. Um, so I've done a lot of collaborating with people and it's amazing to see the talent out mm-hmm. there and the different types of like projects I've been able to work on and see what, what all these artists can do with our materials is is awesome. And it's such a cool environment to be in. So I love being surrounded by artists on a daily basis and working with them. Um, and, and the other thing I would say too is um, I love how creative i'm allowed to be in my job it's um hats off to management for being open-minded and kind of just like when we have ideas they let us run with oh, it they so don't cool. understand what we're doing yeah. that's they don't care they you know they give us sort they trust us to to do our jobs and to do creative unique things and no day is ever the same um and i i love that and and, and there's not just like a you know a box that we're supposed to stay in we can be as creative and different as we want with some of our um campaigns and promotions and um, talking about you know art materials oh, that's which is so just cool cool to be around yeah yeah it's yeah. really unique I, I i feel like not everyone gets that option in their job so you're very, certainly very lucky to be able to do uh, that yes yep and i i don't take it for granted i definitely know how fortunate i am <laughs> to have found such a cool job oh, that that's great when uh you know you've got a great employer like that and, you know, yeah. guys, go over to the show notes and check out the link there for strathmoreartist.com. It really is a great company, a lot of integrity behind this particular company. The little levers that you've got there, even on the, the front page, I think are very useful. You can select the perfect paper for you. You've got medium format and level. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and that kind of goes back to trying to help educate mm-hmm. people on there's not just one 
you know, Strathmore is not right. just one paper. There's so many options and it really depends on what mediums you're using and what your end goal is. Um, and that that's definitely there to try to help guide people in the right direction. There's a wealth of information just on this website, too. I just want to make sure that, that you guys know about that. Go over to the show notes and click on that link or just go to uh, strathmoreartist.com and you'll see all of that. That's That's awesome. That's one thing I've always appreciated about this website as well is that you can you can actually spend quite a bit of time on it between you know reading about the papers or reading about the company or even the blog section is very well done just in yeah. terms of artist interviews and the information that's there and I know Sarah I think you've got a little bit of a hand in that if I remember correctly so yeah um, I yep. I think uh, you know. It's if it for anyone who hasn't actually been over there and, and checked it out before, it's it really is a wealth of information, like John said. And um one of the better ones I would say for um an art supply medium um in the industry, in my opinion. So Yeah, well, and thanks for saying that. Um that's great to hear because that's been our goal with our website is to make it super educational and to really just help guide people in their art practice and make sure that they understand um, how, to, how to use tools pro properly, give them all sorts of tips and education and information that it's going to just, in, you know, in the end, make them a better artist or, you know, set them up better for success by um, educating on, on all the products. Awesome. Yeah, guys, if you go to the blog, categories are over on the left-hand side, at least right now, as at the time of this recording. And, uh, I mean, this thing goes on forever, uh, but colored pencil is in there. So just click on colored pencil, uh, if that's, you know, your medium of choice, I'm guessing you're listening to the show. You probably like colored pencil, maybe just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess we didn't talk about this. What is your favorite medium to work in? Do you have a favorite? Yeah. So, well, that's a tough question <laughs> because it changes. Yeah. I'm kind of like a medium bouncer. Okay. I, I switch around depending on. I guess my mood, what I'm, whatever I'm into, whatever series, whatever inspirations hitting me, but I like to, I, I bounce around a lot. Um, I would say uh, more recently, watercolor has been my favorite, but um, between watercolor gouache and colored pencil, those are probably my my top three. Um, but I do like to experiment, try different things, and I definitely get in different um, moods and series. Like yeah. when I was younger, you would hear. Um, like an art history and stuff to talk about artists, famous artists and their their series that they would do. And I didn't understand it like the, you know, the blue period. And that like didn't make sense to me at the time. But now that I'm like practicing more regularly, I totally get how you like get inspired by mm -hmm. one thing and mm -hmm. you sort of focus on a on a series and a and a mood and a vibe for a while. And um I'm I'm definitely a bouncer mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. of mediums. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. And so I, I know you're very involved in social media as well. Um, yep. Do you feel, and I, I mean, obviously because I follow you, so I see your, I see your work <laughs> all the time, but do you feel like yeah. social media impacts um, or inspires how you create art or what sort of, um, I guess, tangents you get on with what you're creating, sure. even with mediums or, and if so, like how, how do you feel that that affects you or inspires you? Yeah, yeah. I think um, there is just endless inspiration that you can find on social media. Um, yeah, part of my job um, with Strathmore is doing social media. Um, so I, you know, every single day I'm in it and I see like everything that's out there and it's amazing what people are doing. Um, and then, you know, I have my own personal page that I do just for fun. Um, so I think 
it can definitely have an impact on, you know, you see something that somebody's doing and it, it you know, the inspiration strikes. And then there's that, um, you know, there's that balance of this could be a whole other, probably a whole podcast subject in itself, but, um, you know, inspiration and borrowing ideas, mm-hmm. making them into your own without copying what people are doing. And um, there's just, there's so much inspiration that you can find out there. The other thing I think with social media too is um, finding the right balance and making sure that you're you're doing it for yourself and that um, you're happy. <laughs> you're doing things because it makes you happy, not because, um, you know, putting the pressure on yourself because like, okay, this is a new trend and everybody's doing this. And now I feel like I've got to do this yeah. too. But, you know, I, I find with myself, I enjoy art more in the process more if I'm, you know, appreciating what other artists are doing, but not taking it in a way where it's pressure to like, okay, I have to feel like I got to create this way now because that's what people are doing. And that can, that can take some of the fun out of it. So I think just making sure Mm. being, you know, you're being true to yourself, focusing on subjects that are um, interesting to you and, and naturally then um, the art you make is going to be more enjoyable. That's so good. I love that. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really important thing to mention because I know even for myself and I'm sure with a lot of colored pencil artists, like colored pencil is a slow medium and it's not, you know, I, I love following the accounts that where they're like putting out a new little painting every day, but doing a painting every day is very different than doing a colored pencil yes. drawing every day. And so, for sure. you know, for example, artists working in that medium, it's very, very difficult to be kind of producing that level of artwork, especially right. if you're doing it part time. Or just as a hobby, right. like, you know, trying to keep up with those trends or even just the posting consistency is actually incredibly right. difficult. And, you know, at some point, you know, kind of to your point, like, are you doing it for fun or are you doing it kind of to serve the Instagram masses? You know what I mean? Like, right, it's, right. you know, you're, I think you're making a really good point about like making sure you're doing it for the right reasons and not just feeling like you're in service to, to other people somehow by, you know, right. just putting out content. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which can, over time, take the fun out of it. Yeah. And, um, and like, being so concerned about the Instagram algorithm and feeling like, oh, I've got to, you know, post every day or my content's not going to be relevant. I mean, that kind of stuff can really um, be a detriment at times. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's, in my opinion, or what works for me is just to kind of let go of all that, not worry about it. Do it for me. Do it. Enjoy the process. And when I post, I post, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be a constant thing if that's not what's right for you. Yeah. I think sometimes it even happens um, subconsciously, like because we're all just influenced, you know, by what we're experiencing and what we see out there. And uh, it could be happening subconsciously. And then before you know it, you know, somebody may be saying, oh, I'm just not enjoying this anymore. And it could be because... You know, we're uh, maybe too influenced by all those things that we're seeing and we're thinking we have to keep up with that. I guess just as a follow-up question, Sarah, I was wondering also, uh, so how has your experience with different mediums informed the art you create or has it informed it or is it more just, um, I mean, I know you talk a lot about like exploration and that sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. um, do you find that... um, you know, having more experience in watercolors is kind of driving you to sort of different subject matter, or, or how do you feel that 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 sort of works? Oh, for great you? question. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I think it's great to. I think everyone should experiment with different mediums and see what you learn from each and what sort of speaks to you, um, because it's going to be different, of course, for everybody. Um, you know, we we used to do these. They they were called learn over lunches at Strathmore, where at lunchtime we would all a bunch a bunch of people whoever wanted to come would get together in the in the kitchen meeting room, and we would for an hour just play around with materials and I would sort of like lead a tutorial and each time it would be on a different subject or medium and we would have people from all I mean these are not these are not people who classify themselves as artists we've got people from accounting from purchasing from customer service from marketing from sales everyone's in there um just you know trying things out because that's they don't usually get the chance to get their hands on our products and it was amazing to see um how certain people really were drawn to certain mediums and they just kind of like worked for them. Um, there was one guy that had never painted before, but he tried acrylic and loved it. And now he does it regularly. There was one person who got really into colored pencil because that was the one that seemed to just sort of work for them. So I think it's fun to just um, try different things out and see what, what works for you. And then also what you learn from each medium. So like with watercolor, um, you know, it's, I like, I like that it could be loose, um, you, and unpredictable, um, at times. That's, that's fun. Um, cause you, you know, you can mix colors, let things flow, see what happens. Um, and then sometimes I'm in the mood to be a little more precise and I want, um, a lot of detail. So I'll, that's when I'll get into my colored pencil mode for a while and, and want to get through some really tight drawings. It also depends on like size and scale. I mean, if I'm like for me, in general, I usually work a little bit smaller um, because I get intimidated by big blank canvases and sheets. Um, so colored pencil, I like for that reason. Like I like to work small and, and tight and feel like um, I'm getting I'm getting making progress faster than if I were working on something large scale because I'm one of those like impatient artists that <laughs> I just want. I don't want to, I don't have the patience to sit and work on a masterpiece for a long time. I wish I did. I envy artists who have patience and who can work on something for so long. But for me, I'm, I like to work small and quick. And that's one of the things I've learned that I really um, like about colored pencils to be just small work um, that I can get results quickly with. Because <laughs> in general, like you were saying before, Barb, colored pencil is not a quick medium, which is why I like to do small bite-sized pieces. <laughs> well, and I think what's great about you saying that as well is, and it's something I certainly advocate for as well, is I think a lot of color pencil artists think that, you know, there's only one way to work in the medium and there's only one size to work in the medium and it always has to be yeah. large and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, you have some certainly some great examples on your Instagram page of just, you know, taking, I think, believe it's a tone tan sketchbook that you have where you just yep. did like little, like, I think they're like almost two by two or something squares. Yeah, I've got, um, oh, I've got it with oh, me. Nice. Well, this is one, um, I know for the people listening, you can't see, yeah. but I did one page in my toned notebook. It's just a five and a half that. by eight and a half sketchbook. Yeah. So it's pretty small. Um, and one of the pages, um, I did the same reference photo in colored pencil and then mm. in pen and ink just to like, yeah. Experiment with the differences and see which medium, um, you know, just kind of see what's different about doing the same subject with the same medium. And then the other page that you were talking about, Barb, yeah. is um, 
I did a bunch of little yes. small nature oh, drawings neat. in colored pencil that were each, <laughs> yeah, about two, two, I think two and a half by two and a half is what each box is. And and for me, that was approachable because, um, you know, you do the first one and it's, and, and you feel like, okay, I accomplished one. And then by the end of it, you fill up your page with these just little two and a half by two and a half drawings. And you've got this nice little sort of piece, this full page nice. to showcase, but, you know, doing bite-sized drawings at a time was was a nice those are very detailed though to be so small too yeah and i i love it too because i think it's it's this exact a great example to for me about how you can still work in this medium and not overwhelm yourself by Mm -hmm. trying to give yourself this giant project and Mm -hmm. you know there's so much value in doing those smaller little pieces and studies and that sort of thing and and I love that about your work. Like, I actually love that you don't feel like you have to do these giant pieces. And <laughs> I, I like, like, you know, when you do the little challenges and stuff, I'm always like, oh, she did such a good job. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, but, yeah. it, but I but yeah. I even find it inspiring as somebody who does tend to work a little bit bigger. Like, I, I don't certainly work right. as big as some colored pencil artists do. But um, I, I love seeing somebody being like, you know what? I can work small. I don't have to work big, you know, because, yeah, again, yeah. there's so much value in doing that. And I feel like, you know, just those sketchbook cities, like I'm a very big advocate also for people working in sketchbooks. And I think, you know, for colored pencil artists, there's yeah. so many people that pressure themselves to do these major pieces when there's so many, um, you know, uh, fulfilling and smaller projects you can do either in a sketchbook or smaller sizes of paper and you know, for anyone listening, you know, Sarah's Sarah's Instagram page, if you go check it out, it's at Sarah Prentice Artist, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, Sarah Prentice Art. Art. There you go. And yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I think you have some really great examples of, of just working small and, and having those really valuable little studies as well. And we'll have uh, the link to Sarah's Instagram in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, such a good point there. I, I love that because there is a lot of pressure, uh, on a lot of color pencil artists to, you know, just this idea in their mind that they have to go a lot larger in order to, you know, fulfill some kind of whatever in their mind, you know, this makes me more viable or this makes me, you know, uh, seem more serious or something. Uh, but if it's overwhelming and if you can't finish it, you know, and you get uh, discouraged yeah. by doing something like that, then, right. yeah, going small is. Yeah, perfect. that's why I like those little two and a half by two and a half um, pieces, because it's so much more approachable for me. And I don't feel overwhelmed because sometimes when I do look at like a big blank page, I'm like, ah, you know, it's like you get paralyzed almost where I'm like, I don't even know where to start because there's, you know, just so much ahead of me. And. And, um, and that's something that too, like, um, I have to remind myself, like I'm doing, like, enjoy the process, <laughs> mm, yeah. um, instead of feeling like I'm just doing it to get to the end result. Like I enjoy while I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. I need to just like slow down and enjoy the process as it's all happening. Mm. Um, and sometimes with colored pencils. So I, I mentioned, I work with a lot of, um, artists over the years and, um, Heather Rooney is somebody that I've interviewed before, and she did an artist newsletter for us. And one of the things she said um, in her in her newsletter that stuck with me, and that when I'm working in colored pencil and I'm feeling that like overwhelmed, like feeling overwhelmed by just how much is left to go, and um, she she has a little motto that's little by little, a little becomes a lot, and she just kind of slowly but surely mm. works through. And she's um, 
most people in colored pencil are probably familiar with Heather, but she's yeah. who, an amazing artist who, who does. Heather who? Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and like, I mean, the amount of detail, but yeah. she just like, you know, says focus on one single piece at a time and little by little over, you know, as I you love develop that. and so every good. little detail, it turns into something, you know, bigger. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really that great good. way to approach colored pencil too. Cause I think, you know, especially if you're coming from other mediums and, you know, Sarah, certainly you work in other mediums so so you'll understand. But, you know, with, with something like watercolor, you can approach an entire piece all at once and uh, kind of work in mm-hmm. different areas and that sort of thing. Whereas with colored pencil, I find uh, people don't usually tend to work that way. There's definitely a lot of people that work a lot like Heather does, for example, where, you know, they're working very kind of inch by inch to, to sort of yeah. render the whole thing. But um, it's yep. it's not quite as common, I don't think, to to work in colored pencil looking at it as a whole. Um, I know I like to work the way I think John likes to no, work that, that way, too. but yeah. but uh, there's certainly a lot of people that do kind of approach it in those smaller steps. So yeah. um, I yep. think you know if you're if you're feeling overwhelmed by color pencil, that's certainly um, a way to look at it. And you know, again, even with the approach that you take, where you're doing it in smaller increments. Or, or smaller sizes, I should say. That's also a way of applying that same thought, right? Or that same sort of motto is is just kind of work smaller. There's there's nothing saying you have to work bigger, and you can still create really incredible looking art, even if it's small. Listen to any song you want, anytime you want. Amazon Music Unlimited is packed full of 70 million songs that are available anytime, anywhere, and on any device without ads ever popping up or interrupting your music library at all. Just pure, uninterrupted listening pleasure. So check it out today by going to getamazonmusic.com slash sharp. And if you sign up right now, you'll be able to take advantage of the three-month, not the typical one-month, but you'll get three months of Amazon Unlimited Music absolutely free. And we thank Amazon Music Unlimited for their support of the podcast. What would you say would be some recommendations or any advice that you might have for someone who has a young family or say, um, you know, a grandma or grandpa, and they've got grandkids that they're taking care of during Mm -hmm. the day and they're trying to find time to spend on their art. Do you have any recommendations for something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can relate to this question. I have a two-year-old, so, um, you know, that doesn't leave a ton of time for much else between work and, you know, a young, a young kiddo at home. So, um, well, and if anyone figures it out, I mean, let me know. But what I would say (laughs) is, um, you're supposed to have the answer. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) Tell me the secret, please. But, um, I take advantage of nap times. Um, when he stops napping, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm yeah. going to do with my art. But um, but no, I definitely bedtime, you know, when he goes to bed at night and nap time is when I have my time, you know, to be creative yeah. and to, to do some of these things. But um, I think, you know, I would say for me, the biggest thing is just, again, taking that pressure off of myself to feel like, um, you know, I have to be doing yeah, something every day right. or I have to do something every week. Otherwise, I'm not, you know, and and. And it can be it can be frustrating because you want to be doing something, mm-hmm. you know, more than what you have time for. Mm-hmm. But just just accepting, I think that like, you know, when 
I'll get around to it when I can and I'll enjoy it when I get to it. But, you know, facing the reality that for a while, um, you just might not have as much time to dedicate to it. And that's, and that's okay. It's Um, a season of life, right? You know, it's not always going to be like that. Right. 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 Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, definitely take advantage of, of nap times and, and bedtime and that. What what do you have agency over? What can you do with the amount of time that you have? Yeah, that's that's right, really good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think um preparation helps mm. for me. Like um well, first of all, like if you can have a dedicated space, mm-hmm. um you know, having the setup there and having all your materials and everything just ready so that when you do get those short windows right. of time, you don't have to waste your time with sure. setup and trying to get everything ready because there's that can that can take a lot more time than, you know, than people realize. Even mm-hmm. myself going into it, I'm like, okay, well, there goes all my time. I just set up and now <laughs> I don't actually have any time to do anything. So a dedicated space, um, if possible. It's always great. And I don't have like a formal art studio. I wish I did. And I'm working on figuring out a plan to make that part easier. But I do have a little, I have a tray that I load up all my supplies onto and that, that moves around with me so that wherever um, the right spot is for, you know, since I don't have a dedicated space, like um, I've got all my essentials right on that tray and I can just take it out. And then if I'm like in the middle of something or, you know, he wakes up and I'm done with art time, just pack it back up on the tray, tuck it away until I'm ready to pull it all back out again. Um, And then I think preparation from the standpoint of um, knowing what, knowing what I want to do when it's, when it is time for art. So I'm not just sitting there for a half hour, like, you know, thinking, "Hmm, what, what should I I draw? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so just I think ha- you know having the preparation to have materials ready to go, and then like have your, you know, your reference photo or your, um, yeah. you know, hopefully I always think theories help me too. Um, if you if you do get into like a series of something, because then when I do sit down and I have that short amount of time, like mm. I I started um, painting animals for a while, and it was like I just kind of knew what I was going to do when I got that time. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I did a, I did an elephant. I'm going to do a llama next. And then you kind of just know. So like, I always think having a series to work through is kind of a nice thing that mm. just gives you some solid, firm, quick direction to keep going with. <laughs> having a dedicated uh, space and or uh, having your materials out there and ready, I think is a huge one. And, you know, that's yeah. color pencil, obviously, and watercolor, I'm guessing as well as a shoe in for that preparation because it's clean yeah. they're clean mediums uh and they're accessible right. very very quickly i can imagine yeah, if you're trying to do oils that really, would be awful trying to get all set that up. would be tough yeah, yeah you kind of need a more of a dedicated right. space that's one of the nice things about colored pencil yeah. is you can um, move it around with you a little easier than some of the others that you know you need water and canvases right. and you know right. all that kind of stuff for yeah, I love what you said, too, but just having that tree that you can kind of pull out, because I think mm-hmm. sometimes people think it needs to be this whole this whole production, right? But even just having, yeah. you know, something as small as like a tree that, like you said, you could tuck away or, you know, for some yep. people, it might even just be having like, a, you know, a container and maybe their pencils are loose in there or something. But it's, sure. you know, something yeah. that's kind of that that quickly accessible, like take it out, put it away sort of situation mm-hmm. or 
you know, and, right. and I think what you said too about having um, it, having uh, preparation in terms of what you're going to draw or what you're going to work on is super important yep. too. Um, Cause I think that's half the battle, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure there are people, they spend hours on, you know, the royalty free sites or whatever, just trying to pick something. And, right, you know, right. again, going back to those little two by two studies that you did and, you know, you have that like botanical page. So, you know, even if yep. your, your intention for the week is to do, you know, one of those drawings every day or a couple days. But yeah, you've got a theme there so that that's already, you know, giving you something to sort of start with. So the time that you do have is actually being used effectively and you're not just kind of spinning your wheels on on subject right. matter or mm-hmm. whatever, right? So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because that can be frustrating if you feel like you've just wasted your whole time and, you know, you didn't even start anything. Didn't even start <laughs> yet. Well, I think, yeah. too, you've also found ways to, like, you know, include your son in little little creative adventures and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So yeah. I, I yep. think, you know, even those are, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, if you end up helping them more than you're doing your own artwork, then that maybe that's a problem. But but still giving you the chance <laughs> to be creative, right? Like you're still. Right, right. You're still kind of involving them in that in that. Which process. is fun. Oh, yeah. yeah that's it's neat. fun to see. He's um he's obsessed with my colored pencils <laughs> and my brushes, which um I have a lot of like artist grade, like, you know, nice pencils and brushes, and I have to get out my more student grade <laughs> pencils for him and yeah. say, Okay, you can play with these. Let me trade these ones you. are <laughs> off limits. <laughs> yeah, not this one. Yeah, please. yeah. <laughs> Leave the velvet touch alone. (laughs) That's exactly. Yeah, I have a whole. It's right behind me. I have a whole cup of velvet touch brushes, which are his favorite. And I'm like, nope. Sorry, you can play with some other brushes, but Um, I'm like envious of that cup of brushes right now. It's it's a nice cup of brushes. I mean, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I guess just uh, I mean. follow-up question to that and sort of an expansion of what we just talked about um do you have any advice for any artists that want to start color pencil or a new medium like from your perspective what was sort of um the biggest thing that sort of was advantageous to you in terms of like starting something new or or getting over that fear of starting something new right right yeah um so well i'll start with something that's like cliche but so true is like practice really does make the difference so Mm -hmm. like the first time you try it you know it might not you might not get the results you want but over time i mean uh, you know it took a while for me to to feel comfortable in all the different mediums and oh and i still don't in all of them i'm still of course learning and that's always just going to be part of it but the more you practice the more, you know, you'll feel comfortable, start to learn and sort of develop your style um, too. I mean, that was, you know, initially it was like, I know there's some skills there, but I don't feel like I've found my style yet. And now I feel like I'm, I'm starting to like hone that in. So I think just, you know, the more you can practice, 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 just have a sketchbook that's on hand that like, you know, nobody else has to see it. It can just be there for you, but just try things out and see see what's enjoyable and, and you'll just start to learn more along the way. So I also think aside from just, you know, practicing and being patient with yourself and giving yourself time to to learn, um, I think to quality materials, I mean, I know coming from the person who works for a material, you know, manufacturer, of course I'm going to say that, but it's true it that true, it, makes, it makes a difference when you use the right materials with the you know together the way you know paper is manufactured a certain way to be made for specific materials so that's going to make a huge difference just starting with 
the right materials. And that doesn't mean you have to like, you know, buy the Arsh paper to start with and break the bank. But, um, you know, decent materials to start. Um, and then once you sort of feel more comfortable and you're starting to develop your skills and you, you, you know, then, then maybe go outside of your practice materials and that's when you can, you know, buy the Arsh and buy the, you know, the really, um, high-end materials, you know, for more finished pieces, but sort of that middle, medium grade to start is it's like a good place to start just while you're developing your skills. And, um, you know, with colored pencils, um, there's a lot of options out there that are like decent. Like I would say, you know, get a, get a range of colors, but you don't have to like go get the, you know, 500 dollar you know Karen Dosh, 300 pencils yeah I mean I mean those are amazing but um to start you know just the middle of the road stuff that you can start to get familiar with and then once you're ready and you're feeling ready then you can sort of move up into those higher grades but making sure to use the right materials like um you know colored pencil I would say get yourself some Bristol paper <laughs> a lot of artists really like Bristol yeah. um, for their colored pencil. It's a nice, thick, sturdy drawing paper. Um, or toned paper is one that is really fun to experiment with colored pencils on also because you can get some unique results with toned paper. So Bristol and toned, I would say, get, give that a try if you're just getting started with colored pencil. <laughs> nice. Hey guys, this has been a great conversation so far, and I just want to let you know that Sarah will be back on, and she'll be talking exclusively about Strathmore, so be sure and tune in for that. Can't wait for that, Sarah. That was the best explanation that I have ever heard on a podcast, or maybe even written, for trying to find the middle of the road on materials, oh, rather than people sure. saying, oh, grab the most expensive that you can. That kind of yeah, thing. That yeah. made a lot of sense. Just a lot of people always are like, shoot for the yeah. They're like, just just get luminance just right out the, the bullet gate. and buy them, buy them all. <laughs> just you know, like, drop yeah, a yeah. grand on supplies. <laughs> That's no not deal. practical. You know? No, <laughs> right. I love it's not, I love yeah, that. you have to be realistic about yeah. um, you know when you're ready, then then go ahead. But it doesn't have to start with. Um, yeah, there's a an experimentation in a process. Yeah. That occurs when you are sort of on your your colored pencil journey, if yeah. you want to call it that. But but yeah. you know all of those things are relevant and important to where you end up eventually being yeah. with with what you choose. And and I think to you know it's sort of like uh, I think John and I have talked about this before. It's like you know it's like trying to trying to you know to give a music analogy. It's like it's like trying to buy a Gibson SG out of the gate and then like <laughs> expecting to be able to play like some famous musician where right. like, you know, there's still a lot of steps you gotta, you know, go through in the meantime to be able to, to be able to get that sound out of that high quality of an instrument. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, you're not, you're not going to just buy the best uh, materials out there and make artwork like Heather Rooney since we're picking on yeah. her right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're yeah. not, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You're not going to yeah. get those, those materials and then automatically have the skill as well. There's, mm -hmm. there's an in-between process and ex exploration. And for that matter, I would say while I'm ranting about it, <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, some some combinations of things aren't going to work for everyone. Like you may not the way you create create art, the way you mark make, the yeah. way you you know your your the techniques that you like to use 
might not work well with, you know, a certain combination of pencil and paper. So to, you know, have that that time to sort of explore and be like, oh, I actually like this pencil with this paper and it really works for the way that I work. Like those kind of um, ex- experimentations are really valuable for people, mm-hmm. I think, to to be able to go through. Right. And and it does just take time and patience. Mm-hmm. And that's something that um, is easy. It's easy to say it, <laughs> but harder to to understand and, yeah. and really put that into practice. Like and know, like, OK, well, you know, it's not just going to happen overnight. Um, and eventually with more practice and time and experience comes that, um, you know, knowledge and the development of your own style. Right. And yeah. So, Sarah, before we go, we've got to ask, what are your favorite materials? What are your favorite pencils, maybe erasers? You talked a little bit about paper already, but any other products uh, that, you know, sometimes we don't think of, like, I remember somebody told me they used um, some kind of leather strap, you know, for for something with their colored pencil work. So is there anything, sure. you know, that you want to tell us about that? We would love to know your favorite pencils for sure. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. I, um, well, I'm using right now the pencils I'm using are Lyra, um, Rembrandt colored pencils. They're oil based. Um, and I have a set of 36, um, that has a good range of colors in it. Um, and one, one tool that, um, (laughs) that's, that I personally really like that seems, um, simple, but masking tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I have this, I have quarter inch masking tape that, um, that I use for when I do those little small grids. Right. Um, and then, and it lets me get those little tiny lines in between that. Um, uh, yeah. I think it's just fun to like set up a grid. So I really like masking tape and I like, I like borders on a lot of my pieces. So, um, that's one of my like go-to mm. tools <laughs> when I'm doing colored yeah, pencil, um, just so I can like tape off sketchbooks and whatnot. Um, and then, and then, um, white gouache is um, like a, a wonderful tool for I think anything that you're working in. White gouache can be like a, a fixer. It can be a highlighter. It can be like when I do um, colored pencil and I just want that last pop of white to to really show. Yeah. Um, like on the little water droplets or something. Um, I love white gouache to add to pretty much any anything, especially to colored pencil pieces. Like at the very end. You know, that's one I um, haven't really thought about a whole lot, but there you go. That's a medium that already exists. Uh, you can get your white highlights in there, and you can go over that with colored pencil as well if you wanted and to. Gouache is matte you know? as well. Yeah. It doesn't have a shiny finish, right. so that's another right. advantage. So it fits to in be- really well with colored pencil. That's awesome. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right. Anything else before we go today? really appreciate your uh, time and uh, coming on here and talking with, with Barb and I. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it talking with you, too. Absolutely. One of my favorite interviews. And I say that a little bit as I the first one I've been involved in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well me too mine too <laughs> all right guys so go over and check out the show notes and we'll have the links set up for you over there everything that we talked about today if you haven't given a rating and or a review for the show i would encourage you to do that and you can do that anywhere you listen subscribe or follow the show depending on where you access the show and we will talk to you next time and until then take care and stay sharp bye-bye